There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 640. Um, a second shows being added and new cities being added the, this week, actually, to the Fun Comfortable Tour. There's a second show added in Chicago, a 10.30 show at the Athenaeum, uh, Friday the 27th of February. And uh, second shows being added in cities like Atlanta and a bunch of other cities. And new cities being added. Go to funcomfortabletour.com and join me on the stand-up tour on the road to a new comedy special. Uh, and also we'll be back on At Midnight this next week and uh, some fun shows, Paul F. Tompkins and uh, two of the puppet actors from uh, No You Shut Up. So watch that At Midnight, At Midnight on Comedy Central. And heading over to the Nerdist Community Court Board, uh, here's some fun things happening in and around the Nerdist Community. Cardboard Con 2015 is a convention dedicated to sci-fi and fantasy cardboard costuming. It's in Atlanta, March 7th. More info can be found at cardboardcon.com. Also, a middle school teacher named Mark Lago from Grand Rapids, Michigan, has a Kickstarter to help raise money for an event called Great Bit Live. He's trying to raise money to buy new video game systems and other entertainment options for the local children's hospital. And this summer, he wants to put on a free event in Grand Rapids with a video game music concert, gaming competitions, and more. You can donate or check it out by going to Kickstarter and searching for Great Bit Live. That's G-R, the number 8, B-I-T, Live. And this is nice. Uh, got Got an email... By the way, the email is events at nerdist.com from uh, a young fellow by the name of Adam Wallace. Uh, Not too young, though, because he's announcing the birth of his son, born February 16th. The newest Nerdist member, he said, and proud of it. Welcome Noah James Wallace to the family of Nerdist listeners, procreating for a better tomorrow. This episode of the podcast is Slater Kinney. They are promoting their new album, No Cities to Love, uh, which is a fantastic video. If you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube. Uh, it's out now from Sub Pop Records. They're doing a U.S. tour starting February 22nd. Dates and info are at slaterkinney.com. That's slater-kinney.com. And now, Slater Kinney! Nurse Podcast number 640. Katie, start the thing. Now entering nerdist.com. This dog doesn't give a shit about anything. <laughs> this dog is so chill. Hey, Hi, nice how to see are you? you? Good. Nice to see you too. Did you guys start already? What? We're done what? actually. Guys, how yeah. was it? Was it good? It's great. Oh, how did I do? Uh, you were great. Oh, well, do do your Chris. 
Uh, hey guys, uh, you know, now when I was thinking that, uh, what's up? Get out. <laughs> That's not as good as his really good Chris Hardwick impression <laughs> that I never get to hear. Is that easier than oh, Emma? Oh, I love that everything's in a wad in the middle. Yeah. That just makes me feel right at home. This is our yeah. cord wad. We found that through uh, years of uh, rigorous trial and error that wadding cables is the wadding. best way it's the to best way. get the juiciest sound. sound. Yeah, Because yeah. they're all next to each other, huddled up. You yep. really just get the... We're, we're basically trying to create the asshole of the desk right here. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> very colorful. It is. Yeah. Been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. Thanks Thank you for, for being here. Us. So we started. We we all started. Uh, you can say whatever you want. Uh, there's no content restrictions. Uh, this is a Chewbacca notebook. People always ask about it, so I'm just uh, just want to get that out on the way. Uh, welcome. How has Los Angeles been for you so far? Did you just get here? We just got here. Yeah, this morning. That you got in this morning. Yeah. From where? Portland. Where you? T- now, are you guys familiar with the Portland area at all? No. <laughs> were you performing? No. They they flew in from Portland. I got in from New York. We were all just in New York, but they stopped home for a day and a half. Oh, you, you came to L.A. via Portland. Mm-hmm. What was so important in Portland that you had to go there for 36 hours? I had a birthday that I had missed last year. I missed a 40th birthday last year, so I had to make myself... Like my face shown for the 41st birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> it wasn't for me. It was for my boyfriend. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it was his <laughs> birthday. Yeah. I'm going to skip mine and come right to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> it was his birthday. Aww. So I went home for the birthday. Yeah, I don't think you and miss your own birthday, Chris. You sort of just live through it. Oh, you can miss it. <laughs> you can miss it. It sucks. Yeah, no, but I think, I think the, more, the more you have... I'm starting to get to a place where sometimes I'll forget my age. Me too. And someone will go, how old are you? And I'll go, four. Oh, 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 right. Like, I really yeah. have to think about it. You have to start counting back. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> comfortable with that process at all. What did you do for your boyfriend's birthday? Uh, we had a ping pong party. And it was awesome. Rented a couple tables. There's this new swank ping pong bar restaurant. And it's totally packed. We went there for an interview. Wait a minute. You there just was said... no one there. And this time... It was our wait for the ping pong oh. table. You, you, you just said Good three words that. that I never thought ping I would use party. Together, which was swank <laughs> ping pong bar. There's one in New York. What? Yeah. Oh, it's Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what? Exactly. Yes. The story just gets yes. juicier. That's what made yes. me want to go. I was like, ping pong. I don't know. I, I don't know. She it's rarely like, sweets, but when she does, it's about new ping pong tables. Yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. I had no idea. Yeah. If it's good enough for Susan Saran, it's good this enough for her, me. This is her joint in Portland? No. 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 Oh, we're just saying she also a, has a swing. Oh. Yeah. 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 These are like second generation Chinese family who grew up in Kentucky. Sure. Yeah. So, and now they open a ping pong bar in Portland. So is it sort of like a pool hall where you have to like get yeah. time to get on the tables and then you... Yeah. And because this was, a, you know, I'm like flying home for the birthday, I, I rented the, you can like have parties there. That's and a lot of people showed up. It was really fun. I'd I'm, performing there, I'm performing there Friday. I'm going to go to the ping pong bar after my show. Yeah, you should. You should oh, sure. in Portland? The table. Yeah. Yeah. It's called Pips and Bounce. Easy to remember. <laughs> pips and Bounce. Well, i got to hit ground control and then Pips and Bounce at the oh, same man. time. You'll have a good There's time. a pinball uh, place in Echo Park called Pins and Needles. I don't give a shit about that. I want to talk about Portland, and I want to talk about ping pong, and I also want to talk about... 
There's a pinball place in Portland called Pins and Needles. <laughs> Give a shit. Uh, fuck your pinball place. That's old news. People have already done that. Ping pong is new and exciting. I, I want to see a curling bar in Portland. Uh, there's a table there, $100 an hour to rent the high falutin table. Really? So that's for you. What I, makes it so special? I don't know. It's from Germany. Here's what I want. Say no more. Here's what, here's what I need to know about. Here's what I need to know about Portland, Carrie. Every time I go to Portland and I exclaim, I've just had this donut place, everyone always makes me feel like a fucking moron for not being from there going, oh, that's not the donut place. You gotta go to blah, blah, blah. Like, where is the best donut place in Portland? Oh. Whoa, Corin. <laughs> well, Corin seems to have a stronger opinion. There's People vacillate between three donut places. Voodoo. Voodoo, Blue, Blue Star, Star, and Pips. Pips I've not been to. Mini Maybe Donuts. And what? Mini donuts. They're small donuts. Pips are mini donuts. Yeah, you, you can order them only in threes. But now, they're glazed with honey. So the can main difference being, so voodoo, voodoo donuts is like if a 10-year-old millionaire got a hold of a bakery and basically started dumping cereal and peanut butter on things. And it's great. Yes. <laughs> Just imagine a bakery burned to the ground. <laughs> That's what a 10-year-old millionaire would do. Yeah. Yes. Another one. But Blue Star is more like a pastry donut shop where they set everything on very nice trays and everything's, everything's pristine and perfect. But I don't know Pips. Pips is, I think there's, is there still just one location? Yep. It's just little donut holes. Made made to order. Where is it? It's on Fremont Street, not a place you might end up. Okay. Probably shouldn't recommend it just because people will go there. (laughs) If you're going to Pips and Bounce, you may as well go to Pips. Okay. Donuts, because you can remember that. You can remember the name. They're connected. Pips. They're not connected at all. What if I show up and try to play ping pong with donut holes? Is that going to upset people? They do serve food there. They serve pretty good food at that place. It's good, too. At Pips? Pips and Bounce. Oh, Pips and Bounce. <laughs> Who knew there would be so many places with Pips in the title? Know, this is why you don't name your place the same as the other place. No. You need to look out and make sure that there's not another business. We that's... also have a Jackpot Records and a Jackpot Studio that opened in the same year. And Mississippi Records and Mississippi Studios. Jeez. And, and Mississippi Rose, Avenue. And the yes. Rose Garden with roses. And then we used to have the Rose Garden where the Blazers played. Can I just talk about how great <laughs> the Mississippi Avenue district is? If I were going to live somewhere in Portland, I feel like it would be that region. Or is that... No, that's, you were just going to ask if that's not cool. It's <laughs> yeah. very cool. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. I just needed to check. I saw you look worried. I did for a second. You were going to be like, oh, no. Why would you live <laughs> there? That would be so mean. No, I, I can't put down that neighborhood. I mean, but it is very, it's very trendy, which is fine. That's, that, well, maybe, that, maybe that's not fine then. Maybe I should go live over by that weird nickel arcade over on, uh, Belmont. on Belmont. On Belmont, yeah. Belmont's an interesting place because Belmont and Hawthorne were sort of very early, like, sort of hippies, only like moderately gentrified streets. And now they're sort of out of fashion. So oh. now you can kind of get into those neighborhoods. Because now people have moved on to Mississippi. Exactly. Because <laughs> there's still like bead shops and clogs and stuff on those places. Oh, that's pretty rad. It is pretty bad. <laughs> I, I, I am so... The, driving around near... I think it was maybe on the way to the airport, there were these two giant warehouses, and it was basically... They'd turned these warehouses into, like, surplus furniture stores that were fucking phenomenal. Just, like, old office furniture that you can just go... Ikea? 
There's no. A, <laughs> there isn't a Kia by the airport. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Big warehouse. You, you were trying to make that seem really local. Yeah. <laughs> Ikea was so a cool. Swedish place. I don't know if you guys yeah. have heard of it. It's so funky. They got furniture and meatballs. It's really neat. <laughs> yeah, and all you need to put the furniture together is this weird L-shaped wrench that never fits anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you were on, you and Fred were on a couple years ago, I think, uh, and so you probably experienced the Nerdist podcast bump, which made you say, "Hey," <laughs> and you went back and, and told the rest of the band, "You know, this is something we should get back together." For. She wouldn't yeah, stop we got, talking about it. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right; we got back together for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> knew it. People keep to tell Chris us. where to move. In <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't go here. This fun place isn't cool, but you got to move over here. Yeah. We, it sounds like we were like writing an episode of Lost. It seems like the same process they went through. Like, wait a second. The reason Slater Kinney got together was to tell Chris Hardwick where to eat donuts in Portland. How would they have known? <laughs> well, because we're all dead. And... Uh, smoke monster. Smoke monster. Yeah, smoke monster. Smoke monster. Polar bear. Uh, but uh, how have you? I I see you like briefly at random events here and there, but we never really talk for more than a couple minutes. Yeah, this is a good time. <laughs> this is us. This is, us, this is where we're going to catch up. Yeah, nice to on. see you. I know I saw you a couple months ago, maybe longer, six months ago. Yeah. Yeah. How are we you? We were at the Emmy Awards. <laughs> we were. Did you, you ever were... think you would be at the Emmy Awards? I never thought I would be at the Emmy Awards. No, never. Not, not one little part of myself as a child. You know how like you think about the childhood version of yourself in certain experiences you have are very surreal and you just think, this is the weirdest thing. Definitely, I don't think I ever imagined the Emmys. Do you think no. everyone... It, now... Music awards show versus TV awards show. I feel like I always feel out of place at any thing where there's a lot of TV people. Do you think everyone feels that way? And is it the same with like music award stuff? Gosh, we've never been to a music awards show. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, the, those those are totally out of our realm. Um, those I think, are for millionaires, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and country music stars. <laughs> I feel like the Grammys has less to do with music than the Emmys have to do with TV. I feel yeah. like at least the Emmys. I mean, you are you know your show was nominated. That's like our show was nominated. That's a wide swath. The Grammys are just. I don't know. It just seems like a different world. It seems more like a business awards than anything else. <laughs> it's just it has nothing to do with like the quality of music and more of just like, a, well, let's see what the numbers are. Well, it looks like that sold the most. It wins the award. <laughs> yeah. Good job. And in the and in the process, someone will get shot. Like it's, it's a business <laughs> award with guns. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Have you ever been to the MT, any of the MTV awards? I mean, I, so they don't really play music videos much anymore. It's, it shocks me that they still have a, a VMAs, but... Have you ever been? Have you ever been to that one? No, have you? You've been to the movie awards, right? I've been to the music awards. I ho- I was doing correspondence stuff for the music awards in '95. So let me just take you back a little bit. Here's some names. First of all, hosted by Dennis Miller. Oh, the 1900s. The 1900s. The right-wing politician? <laughs> At one time, he was a comedian and a host. Uh, who was on that year? REM was on Hole. Uh, lot, the, live, oh, live, white wow. zombie, yeah. Wow. It was. Uh... That's actually I've been uh, DVRing. Uh, uh, VH1 plays 120 minutes now. It's all the same old playlists, and that, that was a, an episode I saw. All of those were on it. And Michael Jackson was on that one too. Yeah. Uh, oh, was that the weird kiss one? It was not the weird kiss one. That mm. was not the weird kiss one. But it was. It was just weird. It was just weird in general. And when I think back now, it just what the fuck was that? How dare you ruin? No, it's fine. Are you okay? I'm good. Okay. What happened? I dropped my glasses. Oh, do you want to get them? Okay. Is everything okay? All right. It's totally fine. Um, but I feel like this 
maybe this is the year. Would you care if you guys got nominated for stuff? Would you be like rad, or are you like nah? No, we'd be honored. I mean, it'd be surreal. Don't you guys think? We it's not it's not definitely not why we. Yeah, do I mean, I feel like there's not that many other bands like us that have been at those award shows. So in that way, it might be kind of cool to see a band like us there. But I I don't need that. Like I feel psyched on the record we made you know right well the video is great and i think it's going to be challenging for you to travel with all those comedians to perform that song <laughs> yeah. every, every time andy samberg is particular very <laughs> excited to sing that live and by comedians, of course norman reedus yes <laughs> how did you uh was, was did you just call personal like hey do you want to be in this how, how did you guys get everyone for the video kind of we just people that we knew were fans that kind of in touch with that well, not everyone. Yeah. I mean, did you, you never got back to me. Huh? What? What was that? You didn't I get don't, my text? What? No, I don't. You changed your number, No, it's right? fine. It's fine. If you want, I'll record it, then you can put it in. <laughs> this is your own. Oh, no, we don't want to put it in. We want you to do the whole song. Just by yourself. I, we were saving something no special. We were that. saving something special yeah, for you. Yeah, I don't know if anyone There's really a B-side that. that. What? A B-side video? That's a great yeah. idea. You flip the cassette over. <laughs> it's, it's like you flip the YouTube window around. Yeah. And there's an alternate version of it. Yeah. That would be so fucking cool. YouTube B-side? You might have just invented something pretty yeah. amazing. That would be incredible. Wouldn't that just be the cr- camera crew? Wasn't what you would see? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not even that. You're being a little bats. too literal. Oh. You're being a little too literal. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it would be another camera crew? No, I'm not trying. It would be a completely different video. It would be a B-side of that video. You could just flip it around. Like a good song, but a song that's not quite as good. Right. Ah. Right. Something, it was almost as if so it everything's dance. a B-side, even that's the song. B-side. Yes. There's <laughs> been some records with some really good, better B-sides. Yes, sometimes. Maggie May, wasn't that a B-side? Sometimes. Yeah. It's almost as though, it's almost the band, as though, as though the bands go, eh, not good enough for the album, but uh, we got to stick it on something. Like the idea of B-sides just doesn't even, it's not yeah. even a concept. Yeah, it's. I mean, it definitely implies not quite as good. Right. And then every now and then you're like, "Whoa, a sleeper B side." Mm-hmm. But, but mostly really. the A side's better. Usually the, the A side is the A side for a yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest review you can get. I can see why, but it's still okay. <laughs> and that's that's not bad. It's that's not, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So uh, people are pretty flipped out that you got. I just wanted. I don't want to put them on the spot, but uh, this guy. Big fan. I Big saw the band. I saw his Instagram. Yeah, I you thought, were. Sp- I didn't know you followed me on Instagram. Yes, I do. That's a, there's a reason that I didn't tag any of you or put the name of the band in it. Got, <laughs> but you know that is not your room, Jonah. It's a public thing. Instagram. Yeah, but I don't. I don't expect anyone to follow me. I just, just follow, <laughs> expect people that follow me are just like people that follow you. Well, the other the other day, Jonah was he was tell, he was super excited. Yeah. He was telling me how excited he was, and he was like, oh, I got this poster. And I'm like, you should bring it for the sun. He was like, I don't want it. You got all <laughs> well, I'm bring the poster, the thing I had in my room for years. Um, is that making the move to your new place or no? It is. It's, um, but like, I don't know where we're going to put it. But my friend Rhea is a, also a huge fan, and she, she's like, she did a uh, – it's like, well, if you have no room for it, I guess I could take it. And so I might, I might give it to her. Uh, but it's uh, – no, it's, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I've met all of you separately. You don't remember when we met because I was just a clerk at Amoeba. But I embarrass myself when I say. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? I, uh, uh, I just like kind of start stammering about how uh, she was one of my favorite drummers. You're one of my favorite drummers. I'm, I grew up playing drums. And, was this um, what you did then? <laughs> a little bit. There was, was a, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it was a little bit. Uh, little... It's coming back to me now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jonah's a drummer. Yeah. Well, it's the worst thing to do is like, you know, like someone's just trying to shop and like working at Amoeba or working at um, Arclight, you know, you feel the need to like tell somebody because like I like, or you know, being I, on I, podcast. I ripped off like your style like tons, like, uh, like, you know, hearing, you know, just the, the way the drums could follow along with the riffs uh, more uh, literally at times it was like something that I tried to start doing and actually it helped me become a better drummer so I, I owed a lot to uh, you know her to you know, be able to her and you talked about it yeah, I'm sorry it's, it's, it's and boy hard. and boy I sure get tired of hearing that wow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you changed my life and you really taught me how to be a better person back it up yeah. freak yeah. I'm just trying to buy this record okay <laughs> I know you, I, I, ruined, I ruined, probably ruined your day and then also uh, Weird Al's I did the same thing when Weird, Weird Al came in I was like hey I, I Frank's 2000 News TV on mixtapes, and he's like, "All right." <laughs> that was his response. And then he walked up. But, uh, yeah, no, it's I. Uh, well, I'm I, just glad that you guys finally got closure of this moment yeah. because this is probably another reason that yeah. we were able to get you guys in here today, so that you yeah. can finally address this amoeba crisis. Well, when you have yeah. to preface something by, I don't mean to put him on the spot. Crisis. This is the kind of reaction you're going to get. Okay, let me rephrase that. I absolutely mean to put him on the spot. Uh, is what I meant to say. No, I, I was a huge. I got into uh, you guys because uh, there was a. There was a band in the punk scene in Hawaii uh, called Sorry. as these girls, uh, 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 Noe and Ipo, and they had this uh, great Riot Girl band, and they um, and like you know they had zines and stuff like that, and like they're the ones that like they were so good that like uh, like you know I like would listen to what they wanted to hear, you know, just because they're so good, and and that's what got uh, they they gave me a copy of uh, Call the Doctor, and so it was just and like it just and I got into that from there, and then there was this one time I hadn't gotten Hot Rocks yet. And there was someone left a mystery tape in my car, and there was like, like a bunch of Smiths, and then there was like two songs uh, from Hot Rocks uh, on there, and I was just like trying to figure out who it was because it was uh, Size of Our Love and um, uh, what, another song I can't remember, but it was like a B side. Yeah, Check your cloud playlist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, it's like you know, uh, I, don't, I don't feel weird. It's you guys are really good. <laughs> <laughs> But whenever, when my brain scattered, I don't know how to articulate. I'm curious, well. I'm curious what it's like for you. It's like because a lot of times, you know, like when you see Slater Kenny somewhere, it'll it'll say like Riot Girl Movement. Like, does that was that label like? Oh, gr- please don't label us. We're just we're in a band, and this is the music we play. Is it sort of like what happened when people started saying alternative comedy? But like, it just you don't have to call it something, or do you embrace it? Well, Corn, do you want to talk about Riot Girl? No, you're like way back from the mic right now. <laughs> like leaning back in an office. I mean, chair. for me personally, I was a riot girl. Like, it's how loud you just got. You just, <laughs> just like, right. Hi, hi, everybody. <laughs> but um, so it's fine for me, but, you know, we formed Slater Kinney kind of after that it all happened, you know? And I think that people just in the media, they like grapple with like, we need a label, we need like a headline, you know? So that one just seemed like something that was sort of splashy, but I feel like we've been a band for so long. We've done so many records. We've done so many things. It's like, aren't we kind of past the label stage at this point? Really? Like right. after all, all that many records. Also, it doesn't describe our music at all. What does it, I mean, that's what yeah. I always found frustrating. You guys quickly got away from any sound that could be considered like Riot Girl, you know, especially like Hot Rocks and All Hands on the Bad One. You kind of, you know, escalated past that. It's weird that anyone would even bother doing that. Well, because okay. also like that scene, is there even... A defined scene right now that is can be considered Riot Girl. No, that was. I mean, that all happened in like the mid '90s. It yeah. was over. I feel like it was over by '94. Really. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I still get referred to as singled out to Chris Hardwick. So I, yeah. I but for good like, reason. Sir, what? For good reason. No. You know, when, <laughs> you, when you hit the apex of your career. No. <laughs> That's right. It all went downhill like that. But uh, I wonder when, when the media or when people sort of put you into a, a label corner, does it affect does it affect how you write during it? Or do you go, well, if we... I mean, does it basically just cut off what you think your own sort of personal choice for the band are? You just sort of ignore that and go, we're going to do what we're going to do and people just take it how they're going to take it. Yeah, I feel like we just do what we want to do on each record. And we always try and do something different with each album, you know. We're always trying to, like, push things a little bit. Like, go past our comfort level, you know, to try, like, new experimentation or a different style or, you know what I mean? So we don't pay that much attention to what the media says. If you guys are going into the studio, will you just listen to the last record before you go in? No. 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 That sounds awful. That's what Paul McCartney does, guys. I don't know. You don't want to have a listening party? Like, hey, guys. You don't have to have everybody come listen to it. Just... Well, you, you, you had jumps from between each album, but like the the biggest jump was like before, like the woods. That was like the, probably the like sonically the the most different you guys had ever been. And then uh, what was the was that like a uh, like a, a big thought of just it's like we have to do something completely different because there was always elements trailing be- between every album. Was that like a big like a conversation that happened? It's like let's like make a big rock record. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think. We talked about it at the time. I mean, you know, it was our seventh record, and I think people had a lot of expectations of who we were, and, you know, they almost to the point where we could kind of be dismissed. Like, it just seemed like, oh, this is what this band's capable of. This is the, you know, parameters. They'll never sort of exceed this. And you almost kind of feel that way about your own work. And so I think we just, we wanted to surprise ourselves and to defy expectations, including our own. And so we, we really went in intentionally to, to deconstruct what a lot of people thought about this band. And we worked with a producer, Dave Fridman, that could enable us to do that and who had no sense of, well, this is what you were before and we need to you know, really adhere to that. Like, he really wanted to break that apart. Um, and yeah, it turned out to be, it, it like restarted the conversation about the band. And I think uh, for a lot of people, that was the first time they liked our band. Oh, wow. Which was strange. And still to this day, a lot of people are like, that's the record I, I like. Yeah, there's, there's a weird thing that happens where there's certain bands that I... I I don't mind that they continue on with their sound. Like one of my favorite bands is the Weaker Thans, and I I love that when they put out a record, I can it's a sound that I'll you know feel comfortable with, and it's it's very it's a very nice sound. And there's other bands where like they don't progress, and I kind of get tired of it. And uh, and it's uh, I always think it's a it's it's a, such a cool thing for uh, people that follow a band through the different sounds because it then becomes more of a you know, symbiotic relationship between the artist and the, uh, you know, the person being entertained. It's, it's like, it's like, oh, they're trusting me enough to come along on this journey. So Yeah, but yeah. You, know, you also have to hope that you, well, I mean, I guess there's really nothing you can do about it, but you also have to hope that your audience grows with you because obviously they have grown and matured since the last time they heard the last album. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, hopefully we're all, like, it really is like a, it's like a, a relationship. It's like being in a relationship where you just sort of hope that you grow in the right direction. Very sweet. Oh, of course. <laughs> it is, though, yeah. I'm just saying I think we need to take this to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I think fans think they want the same thing, but they really don't. If you give them the same thing, which we would never do because that would make us unhappy, but if you give fans the same thing, then they just are tired of it. Yeah. But they think they want that. But then when you really push yourselves and push them, um, I think everybody's better off. 
Was there a bit of that, uh, the, the taking the break and then the idea to do a new album after so long? Was it because, you know, collectively you all came to an, uh, like an, an idea that, like, oh, we finally figured out how to do the next different thing? Because if you had done something after that, it would have just sounded like the woods. Was there something to be said about that? I think that all the different experiences we've had in the past decade, really, are, are part of making a new record. You know, like, all the different bands we've been in, all the things we've done, like, me, you know, even being a mom, like all those things are come across on this record in a way that's great that like we're drawing from all these other strengths we might have picked up and, um, you know, like different writing experiences that Carrie's had, you know, like her writing to me seems stronger than ever, you know, and I, I feel like that adds to the strength of, of the, the album. After all that touring, you get worried you're going to just write a song like Dead or Alive, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you mean a worried. fucking awesome one? <laughs> and get completely rich, which... <laughs> you know I'm so you worried. Have... I might become super rich. <laughs> you know you have to cover Dead or Alive now. <laughs> now, you've just reminded me, uh, my friend April Richardson has a Tumblr called... Uh, I think it... I want to get the name of it right. It's called Old Rock Dudes with Meg Ryan Hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And it's basically, when you look, like, every old rocker dude, you're like, they have fucking Meg Ryan here. Every single one of them. Keith Urban jumped the shark early on that one. Like, he's had yeah. Meg Ryan hair for a while. But, but all, of the, all of them are, um, it's amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. I don't That's think, uh, you know, one of Dead or Alive, I think you guys, you could do something fun with that, right? Or uh, turn the page. Right. Yeah. Or uh, 18 just, in life. Just that that's your only experience is like, we go on tour. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. And this is what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> but then The Road, The Road's a good tour song, right? Wherever I May Roam from Metallica, which is just James Hetfield describing how he's cheating on his wife. <laughs> it's just the most ridiculous song. She'll never hear it here. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, it's just like... It's uh, I wrote an interview and he kind of like because it's like that was like the height of his drinking and he was, he was soberly talking about those times and he's like yeah and I was just so brazen about it and I wrote a whole song about it <laughs> and she heard it it's so sad <laughs> I fucked another one outside my marriage yeah yeah no I'm just using like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, are you cheating on me no <laughs> no <laughs> no oh <laughs> yeah that's it. I mean yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so inspired. We might need to head out of the room and just pen some tunes right now. <laughs> so, what do you what, what do you think? You're are you able to define your voices? Or people are like, what do you? How do you describe your band? Or do you go? I don't know. Just listen to it. Kind of what you were just singing for me is all, it's, it's all what it is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's easier for people, other people to define us sometimes i mean i think we have an idea of who we are and we're we're very um protective of it and i think it comes across in the music it's you know but in terms of what it means or that kind of stuff that always seems better left to to others are there things that people see in your music that you don't that you're like how'd you get that of course like can you think of anything there's a lot of um there's always to me like a, a lot of like Polit- oh, there was something with No Cities to Love maybe about the internet and um, <laughs> like a political melee that I had not heard yet, but that's fine. I mean, I think that it's always exciting if someone has an interpretation of a song that you didn't think of. No, what political melee? With- 
Um, I think it was just, you know, it was um, maybe about the uh, Hiroshima and other sort of pretty dark, pretty like darker than I had intended. And I, it says something about that person's state of, state of mind, potentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Most things are a Rorschach test. Yes. People yeah. will see, they'll, they will project their own stuff onto your... For sure. I, I mean, I didn't really look much deeper than like, oh, that's cool. They got a bunch of cool people to sing the song together yeah and it sounded and it was cool like i don't know i didn't i, I didn't i'm like what are they really trying to say man so like norman's on walking dead are they saying that like our cities are gonna burn you know like <laughs> what the fuck yeah. no he was available <laughs> <laughs> but like how available yeah. <laughs> i had a um a writer describe my voice on this record as a broken soprano or like a wounded mother hyena. What? <laughs> wow. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Emotionally wounded or like like some Like ow. <laughs> <laughs> do you not do you brace for all that stuff or does it not does it just sort of wash over? Oh, at this age, please. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> Did it used to bother you? Yeah, I definitely, I remember one of the first reviews that I got, I was only like 18 or 19, and and the review was literally like, this woman cannot sing. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And I mean, at that point, if I, if I hadn't have like had some chutzpah, like I would have, I would never have sung again, you know, like after a review like that, I had to really be like, no, there's something in me that... It has to sing, you know. To me, that always sounded like like just a choice. Like it was just like I hadn't heard anything else like that, and it just seemed like a like a specific choice you were make to make it sound different than anything else. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that at the time, you know, there was like this whole new kind of music happening that sounded so edgy, and you know, I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to, you know. M- get to people in a room. I mean, that's, that's really where the writing would happen to me was like, you try all different things at the show that would get to people. So that's where that vocal style was developed is like in the live setting. That's good. You know, in, uh, uh, the book, how music works, the David Byrne book, he talks about how all these bands that were playing CBGB and, uh, especially talking heads. It's like how they, from playing that room, and like having to make certain noises so people would pay attention or so certain like ways of singing or certain guitar tones would break through the noise of a bar. And like it's like how much of that just sound develops because of live performing. Right. And that's, it sounds like By the way, way, why would anyone shit on you when you were 19? When whole – does anyone ever notice that Courtney Love barely sings on key ever? Like that? Did you see that video? Oh, my God. It's brutal. Which one? So she, she was addicted to some sound guy, and then the guy just did an output of her guitar and her vocals. That's it. Solo did. Yeah, it's, it's isolated. Like, it's from a live show. The guitar playing is really what's kind of shocking. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's well, the, squawky. She's like around the right fret. Like, yeah. It's yeah. Like, kind of amazing. It's well, kind of like a new, it's a new genre. Squonky sound. Squonk rock. Squonk rock. Squonk is an offshoot of grunge. Squonk. <laughs> it's the, uh, but it's like when Nico Case was on, she was like, her, her, her definition of that is just, she just goes, uh, my friend, <laughs> <laughs> Janet Hetfield. My friend, <laughs> Jesus. I guess it doesn't ultimately matter. It doesn't really matter what anyone fucking says. No. And yet, 
you know, as long as you give a shit about what you're doing, I suppose. Like, what is it that, what's important to you about what it is that you're doing? Is it just that you're, is it that you're, is something specific that you're trying to say? Or is it just the fact that you're just on stage performing? Is it just playing music? What is it, what is it that is the best thing for you? I think um, when we play a live show, like, it's pretty, it's a pretty intense connection with the people that are there. At least I, it was 10 years ago. <laughs> we haven't played for an audience in a long time. So in my memory, that's, that's what I'm hoping it's like. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's like if we get to that point, like if we as a band write the right song, you know, have the right sound, bring it in terms of performance, do, can we connect with people like that again? You know, where they're like raising their fists in the air and singing the words louder than we are. That's it's a pretty special moment when that happens. Are you guys currently and you're in the middle of a tour? Or are you about to start the tour? You're about to start the tour. Yeah, we start in February on the eighth. Are you excited? <laughs> yes. How's that work with your, the way your lives are now? I mean, so much has changed since. I mean, I know you, you all of you still remain playing in bands, but like it seems like harder to schedule now with kids or a television show or other bands. You know, like it's a kind of daunting. It's daunting. More so than it used to be. It's daunting. It is daunting. Well, yeah. We're, yeah. We're daunting but spring. doable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my attitude is like, I, we are doing this. Like, get on board, everyone. You know? It's, it's happening. Yeah. And it's not for very long. It's not for like 14 months. How long is the tour? It's like three weeks and then a break and three more weeks. And then it's 40 shows. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. I counted. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> She's got her calendar up, ready to X. (laughs) By the time you get to the 40th show, do you think you're going to be like, oh, fuck, we've totally hit like a group? Or is it going to be like, ah, good, well, that's done? Or, I mean... I mean, I wish we all have different needs in terms of touring. I mean, I wish we were doing like four weeks in a row because then you really get into... Like, the band gets tight and it gets awesome. And we will like, we'll probably like a week and a half in each time. (laughs) <laughs> so no, I, who knows how we'll feel at the end. Hopefully, we'll feel good. And do you are you already looking ahead? At, are you just trying to get through this, or are you already do you have some stuff like for another one down the road? I mean, we talked about this earlier. We're gonna do. We have a twenty five year contract with each other. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, Starting no. now? Yeah. Another twenty five years? Yeah. Oh wait, so this is like the the band is back. It's not, it's like, is that... I'm just kidding. I don't kidding. know. We have nothing. Think about a, think about a, t- a 25-year contract. Doesn't that sound terrible? <laughs> For anything. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. It's maybe. like Milton Berle's lifetime NBC yeah. contract. <laughs> it also sounds like that 10-year-old millionaire who runs the Voodoo Donuts. <laughs> Guys, we're going to have a 25-year contract. But I'll be 35 by then. That's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. You'll be almost dead. <laughs> Did you... Did you when you were when you first started playing? Was there ever any idea like, Nah, man, we're in our thirties. That's gonna be it. It's gonna be over. We're never gonna play after that. This is all about now. Like, were you were you naughty kids? I didn't start playing until I was twenty two. So I was not afforded that luxury. <laughs> you know, I was already twenty. I didn't even get decent by the time I was like late twenty, twenty nine, maybe when I actually could start playing. So yeah, I was already over the hill, the punk rock hill. Man. <laughs> I just remember being 19 and being like, man, 40. 
I yeah. mean, I had friends who were like, I'm not going to live past 27. Because <laughs> that's when Jimmy Hendrix that died. Oh. And, and I'm not going to live past 27. I'm never going to be 30. And I just thought that was kind of silly. I've had friends and bands that kind of had that mentality, just like, you know, doing drugs and touring. And they had that 27 kind of cutoff. And then they, they, you know, aged past 27. And then the band kind of just plateaued out. And they, that was the most interesting thing to see people freaking out, being like, "Oh, this is forever. This, I, this can keep going. There's not like a mountain where I can just coast after that." And like, it's like now this girl that I know, like who like almost kind of like flamed out right at 27, almost purposefully, just to kind of you know prove everybody right. And like, and like now she's like, like having a kid, and she's like, "Well, I was a fucking idiot." I've never heard the phrase to prove someone right. Yeah, I'm gonna do this to prove you right. That's what it felt like. Yeah. But uh, it's it, you know for to, it, a lot of my friends that are still in bands, it's um, there's it, it feels like they were in such a rush, and then when it gets to become just their what they do, it's just that's who they are. It, there's a nice like they kind of just ease into just being musicians for a living, as opposed to that idea that they're reaching for a point where they're like, once we get there, that's when it's great. It's just another rock cliche we get to destroy. <laughs> oh, there's so there's, many. There's a million of them, and they're just so fun to just tear down. What are some <laughs> other ones? Well, the, the old one, uh, pl- you play like a girl. Right. You know, oh, like who fucking that. says that? People say it, and they still call us, you know, all female band. Well, yeah, well, it's interesting because <laughs> when you, because when it, you, a lot of times when you see your band's name, it's like, they'll go like feminist rock group. And it's like, was that intentional, or is it just like, we're all, it's almost misogynist in a weird way to say, like, well, they're all women, so they're a fat. And it's like, that's not to say that you couldn't be, right. but that, well, was that a, ever the intention? That's the thing, is because you are, well, we, we are feminists, but yeah. why do you have to say it that why way? Why does label, yeah. it's, another, yeah. it's another label. Yeah. yeah. Democrat rock group, you know, no one says, no one describes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good idea, though. Yeah. <laughs> Republi- Republican rock group, I think we would have a better. <laughs> Pro life rockers. Yeah. <laughs> Republican rock group, Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'd make more money. I think we'd make more money. Of course you would. Yeah. Of course you would. It is because they have the most. <laughs> they, they got it to spend. It is kind of an interesting this whole idea, like the fact that in the past the past five years the word branding completely emerged and has become such a part of artistic culture now it's like what what's the branding what's the branding how are, how can people digest you and see you easily and succinctly above all the crazy noise where it's sort of like i don't want to have to do that but then at the same time it's like i guess i have to a little bit to you know like what's the push and the pull i'm not into the branding thing but that's just me i'm old i'm the oldest branding to me is let's leave it for the cows yeah let's leave it for the cows <laughs> i'm just not I don't want to be a brand. I don't want to, you know, I want to, I want to, I want, I think that our, we're like just a little scarier than that, than to be a brand, you know, to yeah. me, a brand is not to say that people who, you know, take that route, it's fine. It's just for this, I think it's too complex to really be a brand, you know? So what do you, what do you want out of the experience? Is it just because it's fun and you guys love playing together or is there anything specifically that you're that you're looking for I mean I think we're you know we're not an ambitious I mean I think you know we want the record to get out there we want people to experience it to discover it to buy it ideally or at least to come to our shows Um, you know I think we want to gain new fans you know I think all the same aspirations that any band has I mean we're not 
you know, I think it's, it's like to such a privileged place to be like, Oh, we're not doing this for anything. I mean, we, I mean, we, we want to, we want, we, we want stuff to happen. I mean, we're excited. We're gunning for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am, I mean, we, you know, we want to play good shows and have people show up. And I mean, I don't think we, I mean that in the most traditional sense of like gunning for it, but I think like, you know, we're working really hard and it's like very intentional and there's, there's nothing sort of like half-assed or half-hearted about it. I mean, I think, you know, the same goals as anything I do, like I hope people feel a connection to it and I hope that connection manifests itself in participation. Does it still feel the same when you guys get together to work? Like, is there, how much has changed and how much feels familiar? Like how much do you kind of fall back in? Do you have, do you feel like you fall into the same roles within the band or do you try to mix those up? I feel like we do have um, roles within the band, but that maybe now we can um, have the timing on them work a little bit differently. Like for this record, we did jam a little bit, all the three of us, and then but we found that like we needed a kind of a narrower focus on the songwriting. So sometimes Carrie and I would just work on things, just the two of us, to really get um, a story happening with a song, to really get like a verse and a chorus that was like um, really melodic, very vocal based. And then once we've kind of fleshed that out, then we would write all three of us with Janet would help us like the arrangements. So we have we have roles within the band, but I feel like. With time, we can um, maybe have the space work a little bit differently between the three of us of when, when somebody's role might come in. It's funny to see how far, just how things have evolved. I think it almost made me feel old to be in the Seattle airport a couple days ago and see a big sub pop store. That's real Like weird. in the airport <laughs> next to like Hudson News, <laughs> there's a fucking sub pop store. <laughs> With all the stuff I've tried. And, and a dude from Screaming Trees? Yeah. Like, what? Why are you asking? Yeah, yeah. Like, what, are, what happened to Screaming Trees? You're like, works at the Sub Pop. Dude works at Sub But uh, because we, uh, April Richardson, April went to Sub Pop. Yeah, yeah, work, she So I couldn't go. But yeah. uh, It's great. It's awesome. It's, uh, Julie Butterfield, our longtime friend, uh, runs that store. So, oh, really? Yeah. It's great. I've, I've always wanted to go. I've just seen pictures of it. It's, it's fantastic. It's a, it's, it seems like a great group uh, that's like running Sub Pop now. I did see a, Jay Maskus did... I guess they called it an in-store, but he literally was like sitting on a crate, like yeah. in just right where the walkway people are walking by, and he's on a crate with a little microphone and his guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be such a weird feeling if you're just a traveler best. and you're like, "Is that the guy from Dinosaur?" And half the people are just like, "What is happening?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is it possible to maintain a punk mentality? Because, like, or is it Asking just... Mackay? Well, but it but it just seems like at some point. If you start a business and the business is like, we're just going to like take chances and, you know, like just do stuff we like. But at a certain point, it's like, well, but to maintain the business, then, you know, you get older and you mature and you have to maybe make copper. I don't know. I mean, I wonder if there's any sort of identity crisis where like, we have a store in the airport. Like, is that, or, or, or is there still a way to You're go? Saying no, having no, no. an HR department isn't punk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Sub Pop always kind of had those like aspirations. Sometimes comically to be like the big, like they're the big boy label, but they're these like scrappy young guys. And I don't think, um, I don't think like the, having a store in an airport is uh, is kind of s- selling anything out. I don't think um, so. 
Yeah, but I think uh, I think as long as you kind of uh, uh, you know protect kind of the not it, it, not even uh, business wise, but just the ethos of your like your intentions. Uh, you know the aesthetic that which you started out with. I think that's more important. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I don't think growing your business is. I don't think that means selling out. I think people have a very weird idea about that. Selling out is I am anti-gun, but I've let this gun manufacturer pay for my like that's selling <laughs> yeah. out. That's like yeah. violating violating your belief system. But yes. just like growing your. Growing your thing, are, are, are people still cool with you, or do they? Are there some people who are like, man, you know, it's not like the early days. I think, I think we lost most of those people when I joined. Never <laughs> 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 dig me out. They're just like total sellouts. Like, oh, like you play beats. Oh my god! <laughs> like, you know, like I was just. Like, they really thought just like they had. These guys had lost it. They went totally pop. You know, <laughs> dig me out. Just like this pop record. Um, but since then, I feel like the evolution has been supported. Why is it that uh, they is always a negative connotation? Where you're like <laughs> they say, I mean, because it's obviously not everybody. So like it's like you know they say this they say we jump this like who's they is it just like five people that we're giving power to because yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of, I'm sure the majority of people are like hey great I'm fan ears and whatever you want to do I'm cool with you know but there's this weird sort of amorphous they well it's kind of like you can read a hundred good reviews and then there's one bad review where they say you know I don't know. She plays like, like shoes in the dryer like or whatever, yeah. <laughs> and it really st- it sticks with you. Was that an actual shoes review? In the dry- shoes, shoes in the dryer. Shoes in the dryer. I, I call drummers that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, like, like too busy to play? <laughs> just like, you know, it's just like blah blah. Like the rhythm, rhythm's a little off. Yeah. It's like shoes in the dryer. Shoes in a quarter. <laughs> yeah, in the everybody dryer. knows what that sounds like. Like dryer. it's that is it's a funny sound. That should mm-hmm. either be an album name or a band name. <laughs> shoes in the yeah. A band name, but it's basically just an all percussion. My solo yeah. band, yeah. yeah, shoes in the dryer. <laughs> the off rhythm of shoes in a dryer, sponsored by Maytag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe in dryers. I'm not selling out. Yeah. That would be amazing. Like a solo, like just like you went solo, yeah, but you're the drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the problem? Yeah, we drummers do try that. We do every now and then try something like that. Some sort of solo project. Like. People want to hear a whole record all of drums, right? Like, <laughs> oh no, they actually don't. <laughs> a lot of different drums. Not Just even my one. not even my mother wants to hear a whole <laughs> record of drums. People are always saying like drum solo. Like you don't want a drum solo. No. You think you do, but you really don't. The minute it starts, you're going to be bored. And don't you think you need to do song. like one show? Where you come out like in the gyroscopic drums and there's just like fucking <laughs> everywhere, just a million, and then you I'm do too, the upside I'm, down. I'm too motion sick. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. That's what makes it punk. You just like brain. <laughs> 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 She's still playing. <laughs> just hits the grate so it goes further out. <laughs> 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 the bad it's idea. Spinning around. From the word go. <laughs> Shoes in the dryer. Could probably pull that off. <laughs> it could look like a dryer. And I'd be going around and that around. Would, that's such a great idea. What are you talking about? That's an amazing idea. That is an amazing idea. And you, you basically could just wear a suit that's all shoes. Just like a bunch of shoes sewn together. I don't know why we're even still talking about this right now. You, you just got to get through these 40 shows and then you can... Worth it. The shoes and the dryer tour starts. Mm. Mm. It was all leading to this. 
That's, I think that's such a killer idea. <laughs> All right, I'm now going to go put a hard shoe in with a hard shoe, okay? Stand back and put it's like a shoe tech. Yeah. Just bring a different yeah. pair of shoes. They're, they're, no, not these chucks, yeah. the other ones. Yeah. There's, I like the harder version of that band, Boots in a Dryer. Yeah. yeah. That's when it was cool. Uh, so what's your, what's the I first I have to run. Oh, you have to yeah, go. Yeah, I have to go. All right, Matt's yeah. writing on the our at midnight show, so he has to go continue to do that. <laughs> he is. My mom's coming on the show today. Oh, fun! Wow. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of fun because she's a. Uh, I'm not a sports person, and she's a fucking sports fanatic. Like scream at the TV <laughs> kind of sport. She just looks like this tiny little Italian lady. So I'm going to have her come on and talk about the football game from yesterday because nice. I don't. That's great. It wouldn't. It's not going to make her right. so happy. Yeah. Well, you know, I talked to her yesterday, and she and she talks to me like I know what she's talking about. And she was like, "Man, Aaron Rodgers threw a gate. Aaron Rodgers threw a great game, but the rest of the team fucked him." And I'm like, Mom. "Well, they did." Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll ask my dad, calm. He's like, I'm watching a game. I was like, how's it going? He's like, do you really want me to tell you? <laughs> now nah, I'm just trying to make conversation. I'm just trying to bond with you. Yeah. Because we didn't talk a lot when I was growing up. Yeah. Just uh, pretend. Mm-hmm. You just pretend. So where's the, where's the first city of the tour? Spokane. Spokane. Washington. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And so which, where are you playing, where are you playing in Seattle? Um, well, we're not playing that on this first leg. On the second leg, we're playing Showbox. Showbox. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I was I was at the Neptune this time, but I played the Showbox three times before, and it. I think it's. I like it, but it's definitely better. I think it's definitely better for music. Yeah. Because it's it's the room's kind of cavernous in a yeah. in a weird way, and I feel like oh, some guy going farts are weird. Like it just doesn't carry to the back of the room. <laughs> like a well. fart would. Like a fart would. Because that's how weird they are. The or a pair of shoes in a dryer. Uh, <laughs> so where else are you, are you playing? Any festivals? Or are you just doing? It's mostly our own shows. We're just doing the U.S. and doing our own shows. So then are you, once you guys finish that, do you go back to, do you all just go back to your own stuff? Yeah. At that point? Our corners. And then you say goodbye? We say goodbye for a couple months. And then probably reconvene in the fall and or winter for some other follow-up dates. Stuff. Stuff. Things? (laughs) Things. Things. Junk. Happenings? Mm Mm-hmm. Occurrences, yep. At places, good. Well, I hope you guys win a million Grammys. <laughs> you love the Grammys. Mm-hmm. No, I just don't know what other what other award shows are there really that aren't country music awards. The American Music the Awards. American Music Awards. <laughs> Billboard Awards. See you guys at the source. Billboards awards. is a possibility. <laughs> Melvin's made it onto Billboard charts, which shows where music is at <laughs> as far as sales <laughs> that they can pop it on. Tom to Petty the... had it's his good. first number one last what? year. Yeah. That's very true. He's really? never had a number one before? Nope. That's Mm-mm. amazing. Hypnotic Eye? Yeah. Shit. Because I think his records were always coming out with these huge, like, monolithic, like, either pop or, you know, whatever, like, giant other albums that big classic rock records. How can that be true? That's crazy. I, How I'm, can that be true? You Got Lucky wasn't on the... Don't Come I'm Around right, Here No I? More? This is his first number one. Last Dance with Mary sure. Jane? Oh, American Girl seems like it would it be a seems, surefire hit. It seems That's like that one that, um, what was the one? Free Fallen. Free Fallen. I think we should look it up. But Last Dance with Mary Jane? I'm pretty sure that was that. his first number one album. You know, I, yeah, because he just had that. Someone said, uh, oh, you should. I asked about getting Tom Petty on the podcast, and someone was like, he's not. 
he's not real enthused about <laughs> about stuff. Oh. And so I was like, oh no. But I remember bringing it back to the Video Music Awards from 1995. I interviewed him for MTV had a radio station for a minute. And he was really funny. And I interviewed him and I go, well, is there anything else you want people to know before I let you go? And he just goes, we're not wearing pants. And I'm like, <laughs> slam dunk, Tom Petty. <laughs> I listen to his, uh, his Sirius XM show. He seems very funny. I think he seems really funny. Yeah. Maybe people just catch him in the... I don't know. In the morning. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I can't believe so not, that. No songs? Wait, that's just album. 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 His, just full album. Full that was his first album. number one oh, okay. album. But he's had number one songs? He's had number one songs. Okay, okay. okay. Free Fallen so was, right. was pretty confused. amazing. Yeah. Because that one album had like four number one yeah, hits. Full yeah, Full Moon Fever. Full, full Moon Fever, Fever. had that's four or five cool. hits. But that album never went to number one. I think it was just what it was up against at the time. And there were other albums that were selling millions of copies. Like the first week. Well, no wonder he's in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like four number one songs yeah. in your the album. Yeah. Selling yeah. millions of copies is such what a hilarious concept. I now. know. Think of like um, Jagged Little Pill. That that was like twenty million, right? Most no, of thirty-three million. Thirty-three well, million. Corn just has that on that for you. Just a lot of more stuff in my head. Corn has that you know. aspiration. Come on, guys. Okay. Uh, good fun. one. It's but like I'm you have an inspiration board with that up there, Corn. Right. You're like 33 million, 33 million. I fantasize about being Alanis Morissette. That's I mean, like that's it. That's all you do for your life. She's just made it. I think the last song she put out was just an acoustic version of that Jack Little Pill. It was. Yeah. It was like the 20th it, anniversary. No. Yeah. No. She it was did just, a 20th anniversary acoustic of Jagged Little Pill. No, it was I'm just B-side, B-side YouTube videos. Of wow. Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, and when you, when, you, when you put Alanis into an acoustic setting and you take out all of the, the dirtier rock sounds, you really hear her. <laughs> like you hear every way that she talks now. Like you fucking... <laughs> She's doing a lot of work. She's doing a lot of work up there. She's, it's like a, like a music box in a dryer. Just, like, just over and over again. I would just listen to Meow Meow. It's a cat in a dryer. Lannis Meow Set. Just over. Lannis Meow Set. Lannis Meow Set. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I can make I that too. I dig it. Make that separately. Um... Do you listen to other music when you're when you guys are writing, or do you put yourself on lockdown? Like, I don't want anything else to get in. No, we listen to other stuff. <clears throat> definitely, like, there's definitely a lot of like, let's listen to David Bowie. Just you know, other stuff. We'd be like, oh, what if we had a song with this? What if we listen to this? What if we tried this? What if we did this? That, that's a lot of that that happens, but it never, it will never sound anything like those bands because once <laughs> we get a hold of it and do all our weird things with it, it'll just sound like us. Well, the riff, the opening riff on the um, the single, the first single, was just, it's like, I can't, I don't think I ever heard anything like that. It was such a cool, weird sound, and so perfect for that song. Like, is that how you guys? Yes. That's the process. We've never been able to explain it before. Carrie Meownstein. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyone else want to meow in their name, or are you guys all good? <laughs> Mine doesn't work at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm sorry. Can't be in a cat band. But you could be in a it's mouse okay. band. Janet Mice and Carrie Meowstein. Yeah! Hey! Slam dunk. That was a good one. You just beat Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> that was our goal. That's what I. It was kind of funny. Like I had a. 
the last dog I had, when he was really needy, like he'd come up and like mash his head like he wanted pets, I would call him, what's up, Tom Petty? Because I'd have to pet him to make him happy. <laughs> uh, some friends of mine uh, in Lake Tahoe. You don't really start... have to explain it. <laughs> no, I really wanted to let you know. <laughs> you just say Tom Petty. You know, we sometimes get, you, can, get it. you can stroke a dog <laughs> in pleasure, but not in a sexual way. That's petting. It's light petting. It's not heavy petting. We it's got it. Petting. We got it. Let's see. My friends uh, had a uh, Tom Petty cover band, but they Called would play. Called Heavy Petty? Heavy Petty. Oh, that's yeah. That. And they would just play them a little that's more good. rocking. Yeah. That's cool. That's fantastic. Not the best name. What's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite uh, cover band name? Cover band name? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've never really thought about that. I haven't seen too many. I saw Penny Royal once. It was a Nirvana cover band. They played it with Daughter, a Pearl Jam cover band. Oh my God. <laughs> but I, remember, I, I got I got so drunk during the uh, Penny Royal because like uh, I kept on yelling at the bass player because he had shoes on. I was like, "No, but Selig would never wear shoes." And then, like the guitar player, the Kurt turned to him. He's like, "Hey!" And off the mic, he's like, "Hey, man, I told you about that." <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Well, it's sort of like I said, you know, when we saw when I saw Fab Four play the other night, yep. that I that I really wanted them to go through the phases of like their evolution and then have. You know, like have a fake Yoko come in and pull John away, and then have oh, him yeah. bought, like do their solo stuff. They this should... is this is the 30 year anniversary Beatles cover band. Is that what that was? There was a band that's been a Beatles cover band for 30. These years. I think that's Fat Four. Were younger. These guys weren't. Yeah. They don't, they don't. I think they franchised it out. Oh, did they franchise it yeah. out? Yeah. But they totally in the in the Penny Royal band. They gotta have. They just gotta have one just from off stage. <laughs> My friend. <laughs> <laughs> like I gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. Um. Well, is there anything else you guys want to plug or say or or do Kyle, before do you have any we questions? let you go? No, I'm good. All right, cool. You I sure? Guess. Uh, no, you guys kind of covered stuff. Cool. Good. Okay, he's a fan too. Just saying. Good. I hope you'll have shoes in the dryer back sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will. Just fifty-five <laughs> minutes of shoes tumbling in a dryer, but then you just change the settings. Is that how? Yeah. <laughs> This one's called Tumble. (laughs) It's like the rain. It's never the same twice. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's gonna fucking do it. Someone is absolutely. You know what's gonna happen? They're gonna start showing. They're gonna start throwing shoes on stage. Put these in the dryer. (laughs) It's just one dryer on stage, surrounded by microphones. (laughs) That can be our opening band. We do need an opener. (laughs) You could totally, you could totally do that. Yeah, you put enough shoes in the dryer, and it sounds like the opening to Hot for Teacher. (laughs) (laughs) But just that. But what if Hot for Teacher was just that? Yeah. Someone must have isolated that at some point. Uh, Well, it's good to see you all, and thank you for coming. And um, so, you guys are going to play now. Is that? Get ready. Here's the first track of our new album. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoy your burrito.
What came first, the chicken or the egg? Spoiler alert, it's neither. At Happy Egg, we believe happiness of the hens is what actually came first, because without happy hens, there would be no such thing as happy eggs. You know, eggs with delicious orange yolks. Those come from hens who are raised the happy way on eight plus acres of family owned farms. Choose happy at happyegg.com and look for the yellow carton at a store near you. Happy Egg.